to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's so good to be in worship with you this morning. I want you to know that this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which kicks off the liturgical season of Lent. We'll have two Ash Wednesday services, one at noon outside the sanctuary doors, outside on the mimosa side of the church, and then at 7 o'clock we'll be in the big sanctuary. Uh, Lent is the 40 days that leads up to Easter, and it's known as a time of self-reflection. It's a time of repentance. Repentance literally means to change one's mind. And so Lent is a time where we reflect on our lives and say what needs to be changed, and we do it during Lent, and we do that as we anticipate the celebration of Easter. So I invite you to come back for that. During Lent, we're going to focus in on my favorite seven prayers uh, of the Christian tradition. We're going to kick off with the Lord's Prayer next Sunday. So I invite you to come back. Hopefully they're gifts to you that you can uh, commit to memory, that you'll know them, and you can use them to help guide your own prayer life. Uh, Last week, uh, Ryan Jensen preached a marvelous sermon on anger. It's kind of ironic, it made me angry that I had to follow it up. But today we're going to look at the really an, uh, epidemic in our culture of loneliness. And what is the antidote, antidote to loneliness? I think it comes in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. So let us open our hearts, our minds, and our ears for the word of the Lord. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, Lord, a lot of us are lonely. A lot of people in our world that we come into contact with are lonely. So Lord, would you shine a light in the midst of this lonely world? How we can connect with you, how we can connect in authentic ways with others and experience your love and the love that we desperately need. Now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let me tell you about one of the scariest moments of my life. In between my sophomore and my junior years, I transferred high schools to a new high school. I went to a school where I didn't know anyone. And on that first day of school, I went to first period, second period, third period, fourth period, and then lunch. There is nowhere scarier than a high school cafeteria. As I'm walking into the cafeteria, I have what we would now call a panic attack. My mind goes into hyper-adolescent, think Molly Ringwald, 16 candles, hyperdrive. Who am I going to sit with? What, are, what if there are not enough seats? 
What if I sit with the wrong person and I get branded as a social outcast for the rest of high school? So I'm walking into the lunchroom with my, my sandwich, my apple, my Cheez-Its, all in a brown paper bag. And the cheerleaders are sitting over there. They're way too cool, so I can't go sit with them. The goth kids are sitting back over there, but I'm wearing a blue and red striped polo shirt, so I can't sit with them. The football players are sitting there, but I can't sit with them. They'll probably try to steal my lunch. And I'm sure this didn't really happen, but in my memory, I remember there was a seat open, and as I'm walking towards it, the people stuck together, and they said, sorry, there's no room here. Somebody waved from across the lunchroom, and I thought they were waving at me, and I I got all excited, and then I realized they were waving to somebody behind me. I was an amateur at awkwardness. So I did what any self-respecting teenager would do. I walked off and went and ate by myself. I learned a lot about loneliness that day. It's not fun to be lonely. And the problem with loneliness, I experienced that day as well, that often when we experience loneliness, we tend to shrink back. We go further and fall further into isolation. And loneliness becomes a predicament where we cannot resolve it. We cannot find a solution to it. It makes it worse. Somewhere along the way, I realized I had to be the one to make the first move. I realized that if I felt lonely, there must be other people who felt lonely too, just like me. And so to this day, If I'm in the lunchroom and I see somebody walk in with their tray looking around and they don't know anybody, I wave and say, come, you can sit with me. Because I know how tough it can be to be alone. It's funny though. In our culture, loneliness, unfortunately, is often held up as a cultural ideal. As a little kid, I was allowed to watch one hour of television a week. And usually, on Friday nights, I would reserve that for the second half of the Chicago Bulls basketball game so I could watch Michael Jordan. Or I would watch the Atlanta Hawks and the human highlight reel, Dominique Wilkins. But when there wasn't basketball season, I would get up very early on Saturday morning so I could watch The Lone Ranger. (laughs) The show began with an opening voiceover. A fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty, Hi-oh, silver, away, the Lone Ranger. Show the Lone Ranger and his sidekick, Tonto. You don't need to send me any emails. I'm well aware of the racist stereotypes filled in the show. Every episode would end the same way. They'd say, someone who was saved would say, Who was that masked man? Somebody else would say, that was the Lone Ranger. And then they would say, I never got to say thank you. There's a reason they did this. I did some research about the Lone Ranger, and I discovered that the creators came up with what they called the Lone Ranger rules. They did it so they could keep the story and the characters all the same and consistent. 
They wanted the Lone Ranger to represent the ideal American modern citizen. The Lone Ranger was meant to emphasize realism. He was never captured or held for any length of time by any lawman. He was never unmasked. He was to demonstrate rigid logic. At all times, the Lone Ranger used perfect grammar. No slang or colloquial phrases. When he must use guns, the Lone Ranger was never shot to kill. He only sought to painlessly disarm his opponent. The Lone Ranger doesn't drink or smoke. The Lone Ranger, though, is never seen without his mask or a disguise. The Lone Ranger was meant to be the ideal modern American. He's masked and unknown to others. A hidden hero, an isolated individual. He doesn't need anyone. He's the Lone Ranger. The same approach was used to come up with the characters of Zorro, Batman, Superman, and I could list other superheroes. In our culture, there is often an assumption that we should aspire to be the kind of person who doesn't need anybody else. We're fine by ourselves. We don't need help. We don't need community. We don't need others. We are meant to be lonely. That Bobby Vinton song, Mr. Lonely, could be our theme song. I'm so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. Wish I had someone to call on the phone. The situation has led to dire circumstances here in America. Not long before the pandemic, I came across an article in Harvard Business Review by Vivek Murthy, who's the recent U.S. Attorney General, Surgeon General. And he talks about the epidemic of loneliness in America. He reports that since the 1980s, loneliness has more than doubled. Before the pandemic, Americans reported being lonely, 40% of them reported that they were lonely. Since the pandemic, that number has risen to 60%. 60% of Americans report being lonely. And yet, Community, friendship, fellowship are critical human needs in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They come right in under psychological needs. So what is the antidote to loneliness? I think Paul gives us a good idea, window in, in his letter to the church in Corinth. He says, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. If you want to be a part of a Christian community, if we're going to be a member of the family of God who follows Jesus Christ, we're going to have to learn how to love. And love that leads us out of loneliness is full of patience and kindness. It's full of compassion and empathy. It's full of selfless service to others, treating others as we want to be treated. These are the marks of Christian charity. These are what it, it takes to create new friendships and sustain old ones. 
These are essential for us to become who God has created and called us to be. Christians, human beings, are not meant to be alone. It's the first thing God says in the book of Genesis. It is not good that Adam is alone. I once went to a conference at Peachtree Presbyterian Church to hear a uh, famous theologian from California who was speaking. And he told a story about his first time visiting the American South. He's what now we might call like a foodie. No, he wanted to really experience the culinary delights of the South. So he went to Waffle House. And he goes in and they, they seat him. Waitress comes up, says, well, what would you like today? He said, well, I'll, I'll take a biscuit, bacon, eggs over easy. And then could I get a grit? She says, oh, honey, grits never come by themselves. Grits never come by themselves. Grits are better together. Same, same way for the people of God, that we are better together. Christians come together as a community united in Jesus Christ. We can't be by ourselves, for ourselves. We need others. We're better together. This idea goes back to the very beginnings of the Christian church. 150 years after Jesus walked the earth, there's a pastor and theologian named Tertullian. And he was famous for saying, a Christian alone is no Christian. A Christian alone is no Christian. We are better together. Because when we are together, we bear each other's burdens. We carry the load together. We send notes of encouragement to each other. We greet each other before the service. We, we serve together. When, we, when we're together, we realize we don't have to do everything ourselves. We're here to help one another. For those who can sing, they join the worship band. For those who can't sing, they teach children and preach. I could go on. We are better when we are together. Every Sunday, or almost every Sunday, we give an opportunity for visitors or people who may be visiting the church. We say, ask you to become a member of Roswell Presbyterian Church. Why do we do this? So you can put member of Roswell Presbyterian Church on your resume? No. To increase church statistics? No. Why do we do it? We do it because we want you to be a part of the family of faith here at RPC. So we know who you are, so we can keep track of you, so we can support you, pray for you, encourage you, so you're not lonely. People will say, well, Jeff, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all put together. I'm not holy enough. And I say, welcome to the party. <laughs> you know, I've heard that the Christian church described as a place where beggars are showing other beggars where to find bread. So true. We need other people in our lives, but so many times in the West, we forget that we are born, we are built, we are created for community. And this forgetfulness, this loneliness led Mother Teresa, who served the poorest of the poor in India, in an interview, she said this, the spiritual poverty of the Western world, it's much greater than the physical po poverty of our people. You in the West have millions of people who suffer such terrible loneliness and emptiness. They feel unloved and unwanted. 
These people are not hungry in the physical sense, but they are in another way. They know they need something more than money, yet they don't know what it is. What they're missing really is a living relationship with God. For most of us, loneliness is not a jail cell that we must escape from. It's more of a spell that must be broken. In fact, not even the Lone Ranger was that alone. Do you know his origin story? The Lone Ranger was in a cave where there was an explosion. and He was hurt, injured in the cave, left for dead. And then Tonto discovers him, rescues him, nurses him back to health. And because Tonto helped the Lone Ranger, then the Lone Ranger goes on to help others. He sees it as his mission. Maybe the Lone Ranger wasn't so lonely. We need other people. We need other people. But the world is such a lonely place. A congregation member who saw what I was going to be preaching on this Sunday sent me just a wonderful email. And she gave her description of why people often are trapped in loneliness. Listen to what she says. We feel lonely because we think our family or I am are the only, I am the only one experiencing divorce, marriage struggles, debt, financial issues, addiction, estrangement from adult children or other family, sibling discourse, etc., etc., etc. This is so true. When we hide what we are going through, we rob the opportunity of other people being able to minister to us. And when we pull back, when we resist, we get trapped in our loneliness and often only become lonelier. This is why we must become a people who listens to one another. We listen people out of their loneliness, if we can say it like that. One of the great books about creating, sustaining, and growing Christian community was written by a German theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer lived in the mid-20th century. In Germany, the national church actually cited and endorsed the Nazi party. So in 1933, a new church formed called the Confessing Church. They stood up against the Third Reich in the name of Jesus Christ. In 1935, they needed to start their own seminary, so they did at Finkenwald, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer led the effort. They met in hiding there as Bonhoeffer coached and taught these young people. Then in 1937, the Nazis discovered Finkenwald and shut it down. In 1938, then, Bonhoeffer published a book of reflections about the fellowship and community that they had experienced there. It was called Life Together. And in this book, he zeroes in on what's at the heart of Christian fellowship and Christian community. And he says that love begins with us listening to one another. Listen to this. The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love of God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. Christians, and I love this part, especially ministers, often think that they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. Our love 
for one another begins with listening. We listen people out of their loneliness. I told you that one of the scariest moments of my life was walking into that high school cafeteria and the loneliness I felt eating my lunch by myself. Well, I, I don't know, but I, I didn't want others to feel like that. So I, I made kind of goals for myself, challenged myself. Said I made it my mission to make as many friends as I could, to greet people in the hall, to listen to folks over the next two years. And then at graduation, my classmates voted me most likely to say hi in the hall. <laughs> Here at RPC, we need to be a community where we are listening to, to one another, that we love people out of their loneliness. Let's say hi in the church halls. Let's listen in Sunday school class, in Bible studies, in the narthex, in Alderman Hall, at a mission event. Let us learn to greet those who might feel lonely. And let us listen to each other. And in that, we will love them out of their loneliness. Because in the Christian community, there are no lone rangers allowed. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, I pray that this might be a place where we listen to each other, that we love, and we know that love begins with listening, or that we can listen people to them out of their loneliness, Lord, that they might know how much you love them, how much we love them, and that we can celebrate all that you've done for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.